0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. There was a samurai sword-wielding... Fox 10 has got to conjugate that better, right? It would be a, a samurai sword-wielding man.
1: I, I think that... No, it's... I think it pops. it got sizzle. Sure. It cuts through. Okay, well,
0: he was arrested at a Walmart here in Washington State after screaming threats. On that note psychedelics are becoming much more popular as a therapeutic
1: related story
0: related Mm. story may have possibly and also with you know all the (laughs) tragedies that happened recently with psychedelics i think we're talking about really clinical use here not just for funsies and also there's a bill altering traffic safety uh no the that's the other one it's the state traffic cameras being used to crack down on the most dangerous of crimes but spike before we get to all that 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 guy in Federal Way who was selling those freedom sticks, I can't believe they got to pay three million dollars just for selling those freedom sticks. That really freedom sticks It breaks my heart that he was just trying to offload some freedom sticks.
1: Well, there are rules as to how much freedom can come in a stick, right?
0: That's, right? Very that's true. all we're asking I'm, is that we I, okay, abide by
1: rules. But like here's a,
0: here's a, here's a thought, right? A guys trying to offload a bunch of stock. Guy's got a ton of stock of extended magazines and he's got to get rid of it. Now, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the story that Aaron Granillo was just talking about, where there's a gun shop in Federal Way. Yeah. Gun owner has got a bunch of freedom sticks, as I like to call them, extended magazines. And he's, the law goes into effect and he's got to offload all this extra inventory. Uh, this inventory. Uh, inventory well, you right, can't be has. expected
1: to take a loss because the laws change while that, you're well, in the middle correct, of doing business. Correct, I get if, you. correct me if I'm wrong. Did the
0: state offer to buy those back? From from any gun shop, any I, I gun owner?
1: I don't think that they did. I would have to ca- investigate Did any this.
0: county offer to buy it back? Because if they didn't, and you're leaving those businesses with a bill that's potentially between five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of inventory. Oh, probably a good, good, bit more in a lot of cases. That's a pretty, that's a travesty of justice, in my humble opinion, my friend. I'm not afraid to say it. And uh, but again, I understand. I like rules. I like laws. I yeah, like Second I Amendment you know. a whole lot. I know. Lot, you know. I know, you know. But there was a way to handle this where we're not destroying a business because three million dollars is going to take that business under, right?
1: I, oh, I, well, if it doesn't, this guy doesn't need our help. He's doing just fine. <laughs> sure. But I think you're probably right about the impact on this guy's and maybe other businesses that would find themselves in the same situation. I would wonder if it were legal for this entrepreneur to sell these wares out of state, mm-hmm. to offload that inventory.
0: He's got to have I, a permit to sell out of state. I, well,
1: if, if the laws change and you find yourself sitting on, a, on property or. or goods that are no longer legally sold, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair and and lawful to say you've got the opportunity to not take a business loss because we changed the law. Right. But I think this in this case, it seems to indicate the guy was flaunting his position on the issue in spite of the recent law changes.
0: I would have let him off of the pass. I would have said, ah, well, we got gotcha. you. You
1: always err on the side of freedom and justice. I would have said,
0: we got gotcha. you. Now you got to dress like a clown for 30 days while you're selling your guns. That would have been my decree
1: clown suit for this business owner i, I love shame shaming the criminals i think that's a powerful tool speaking
0: of shame by the way washington state has decided that state traffic cameras and other tech could be used to fight graffiti it's this house bill it's uh 1989 great uh paris not paris taylor swift album <laughs> 1989 1989? that's a good album. It's a tech-savvy approach to combating vandalism, is, is it, it? Not really, no. it's They don't know what to do, because what these kids are going to do is they're going to get a stolen Kia, and they're going to drive over I-5, and they're going to find a little ledge that they can sit on, and they're going to tag it, and then they're going to drive away, and then they're going to say, we have the footage of these crimes being committed at 3.30 right? in the a.m. where nobody saw them and we couldn't identify them, but at least we have it. They don't know how to enforce it, they don't know what to do, and so this is just a big joke, right?
1: Don't most, um, and I don't no, because I've never been a graffiti artist, and I haven't never witnessed graffiti. It's funny; I've never witnessed graffiti being committed you know uh because it's, it's done it's like the keebler elves see, right? exactly how is it that everything is in graffiti and nobody ever sees this happening what how does nobody
0: ever see the keebler cookie company make their cookies you ever how think they just about it show
1: up in the morning you go to the store they're on the shelf this is little elves how's the camera going to help find out well we found him there he is he's wearing a black hoodie and a mask we have no idea your honor
0: right case dismissed. in a stolen kia that was left in a walmart parking lot case dismissed i mean it's a big waste of time this is people trying to have, like get another resume item when they try to uh, go into consulting after politics and government if passed into law the pilot program would empower the washington state department of transportation to utilize its cameras but excluding those dedicated to tolling and work safety enforcement to identify individuals responsible for graffiti damage. So, your tax dollars at work.
1: I Pass on a 27-2 to two vote, too. Weird. I mean, they're all, they think this is going to be effective. And, and if it is, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll eat a can of spray paint. But I don't <laughs> think I'm wrong.
0: I don't think it is. I, and I don't think that anybody can make the argument that this is really going to do anything, because criminals, contrary to popular belief, are actually quite clever – when they're engaging in certain crimes, right? We're not talking about the heat here. We're not talking about Neil McCullough, you know, trying to break <laughs> into a armored truck. No, this,
1: is, this isn't this is a mastermind. These aren't it even is. Batman villains. No. These are clam dips with cans in With cans and with broomsticks so that they yeah. can get on the ledge of a bridge. Although some some of these places you see graffiti, I got I hate to say this, but it's it's impressive. Some of the places that I see graffiti these days. Spider-Man-esque. A ser- yeah, they're, they're across a major freeway on an overpass sign. You know, an overhead sign that's got graffiti. How do you get out there? My only hope would be that
0: the graffiti artists out there, let me speak to all the graffiti artists out there in the audience who are listening. Hi, I'm world famous local media talent, Jack Stein. And I just want to say to you guys, I appreciate art. I love art. Go to the Stanford Museum of Art all the time. I've been to that one on the West East Coast, that big old one, where there's all the museums in the same place. Guggenheim? No, the,
1: the, other Met? Met, no Met? the other one. Palm. No, the other one. Smithsonian. Smithsonian. There you go. I've been there a bunch of times. Okay,
0: yeah, I like art. Do you guys think maybe you could stray away from Jackson Pollock squiggly lines that were drawn <laughs> by a five-year-old who had too much cough syrup? Do you think that maybe you could stray away from that design and maybe do a little Bob Ross for us? Mm. Do a little, do a little portrait of your of your grandma. Do do a little yeah. MLK. Make something that's a little bit more. Draw draw George Washington on little, the side of the a road. silver
1: and blue in the hair. A
0: little silver yeah. and blue there. It's, Maybe a little Ronald Reagan. Yeah. that says. Uh, oh yeah, freedom. That says. Give yeah. it one for the old Gip, right? That's yeah. what you,
1: you would say. Hey, it's morning in graffiti world.
0: No more yeah. squiggly lines. No more Jackson Pollock indecipherable nonsense. Let's all let's all get a little bit wiser. Would bit we want to give
1: them more time? Because I think a lot of this haphazard artwork is because it's a time constraint. I'll give you
0: all the time in the world as long as it's beautiful. Do you know what I there mean? I'm just looking at Carl Rove right now on Fox News. If I get, if there was one human being that I never wanted to hear from ever again, it was Carl Rove. Jeez, right now on Fox News, look at that guy. Is there anything that embodies stereotypical American? A uh, uh, swamp creature than Carl <laughs> Rove.
1: I, I hate to say you're right, but you're right. I man. mean, he
0: looks kind of like uh, like if the Santa on Miracle and Thirty Fourth Street shaved off his beard and decided that he wanted to work for weapons, uh, <laughs> took pack money from from to, to, weapons manufacturers, took to, to pack money from weapons manufacturers, <laughs> and lied to the American people about war in Iraq. I mean, and now he's giving political commentary right now. In my mind, Carl Rove has got to be one of the greatest war cr- criminals, war profiteers of all time, but we still think about him as some kind of legitimate source of political commentary as he's holding up a whiteboard to explain to people what the border crisis is.
1: Carl doesn't have time for a graphics department. No, I mean, he doesn't. The world moves too fast.
0: Right, he doesn't have time for a graphics department. He's, got, he's
1: a race got a dry erase marker and a whiteboard.
0: got a lot of Popeyes, right, before he's, he's got to load up on Popeyes, right, before he goes on camera, according to... Carl Rove's got to eat, consume a minimum of two whole chickens before he goes on camera. Did you know about that? Otherwise uh, the devil will take his soul back. They have to be
2: alive, too. <laughs> With <Yeah.
0: the> feathers. <laughs> he's got to, It's in his rider. It's in his rider. No, this has surprised anybody. All right. So uh, speaking of, by the way, things that make me incredibly uncomfortable, there's been a lot of seizures of psychedelic mushrooms in the United States, which are still illegal under federal law. Now, they're classified as a Schedule One drug, and this is an, a report that's come out from the New York Times talking about how there's been a lot of research that has been done around psychedelic mushrooms, mm-hmm. how it can be very beneficial for people who have experienced trauma. Vets who have experienced trauma, yeah. people who experienced childhood trauma, people who are trying to get sober. But the problem is, is that a lot of the research, is it's exclusively done in clinical settings. right? And so now yes. the demand for this, because the word has gotten out, it's almost like uh, Ozempic now. Everybody's like, oh, I'm 30 pounds overweight. Give me Ozempic, right? Shoot me up with that uh, gut juice so I'm not hungry anymore. And so they're saying that now there is a surge in demand. And so the feds are grabbing more of it, which is a big deal. And on top of on top of all of that, it also makes the clinical research a little bit more difficult too, because the clinicals, the people who are actually doing the work, the therapeutic work with this,
1: are even more sc- under more scrutiny from the yeah. federal well, government. But they should be though, right? Eh. Cl- clinical trials and and uh, supervised studies it should be supervised. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Well, I think it just falls into our "don't try this at home" department, right? Is that why people are getting in trouble?
0: No, I think people. I think the reason that people get in trouble is that they don't talk to a clinician beforehand.
1: Oh, uh, Okay, because okay. some people
0: okay. shouldn't do it. I. I it's just a mm, fact of biology. Okay. Oh, that's good. For instance, based. that guy at the gorge last year who thought the world was ending, so he took out his gun. Oh, that yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. the the airline pilot who was having tried a nervous pull breakdown. Tried to tried
1: to cut the engine. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: It, to me, as a therapeutic tool, it, I mean, I think that more, they should be accessible to more people. But then I also think it should be accessible in the way that ketamine is becoming accessible to people. Under physician supervision. It's a prescription yeah, yes. that you get and there's a doctor. Laura, have you ever considered any, any alternative treatments when it comes to depression, anything other than, Uh, uh, just a nice bottle of wine and your lovely cat? cat.
2: (laughs) The The bottle of wine and the cat have been working pretty well. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay, very basic. I haven't done a ton of research, to be honest. I've considered um, ketamine, but I, I haven't done a lot of... It's so new.
0: Mm, Okay. And do you have any hesitation around it? Do you find yourself thinking like I don't want to lose my mind, man? Dark side of the moon. I see you on the dark side of yeah, the little moon. Bit. What if I see
2: something I can't unsee?
0: Yeah, right? man. Yeah. On the ethereal plane, what if what if I start listening to the Grateful Dead and I go, "Dude, I finally get Althea after all these years. I finally There's get me. it."
1: Hey, Jim Morrison and an Indian chief. Cool. <laughs>
0: I think more often than not, people have been sold this bill of goods when it comes to SSRIs. It's simply not true. A lot of the research on SSRIs works for about 25% of the population, if they have the correct genetic makeup for that medication.
1: SSRI, I'm sorry.
0: Serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Okay, thank you. That's the most commonly prescribed antidepressant in the United States, which most of the research would suggest just makes you more hungry so that you eat more, so that you have more energy. Okay. Basically... I understand some people have benefited immensely from it. The the Nikki Six from uh, Motley Crue said yeah. he said that Prozac changed his whole life, helped it, get him off of heroin. At the same time, if you're like me, any SSRI I've ever tried has just been the worst nightmare of my life, right?
1: Yeah, but you found uh, therapeutics and courses of therapy that help you, but supervised right? Under, under a doctor's supervision. I have, done no under such, direction. I have
0: done no such thing and will not comment any further oh, Fair on enough. This My issue apologies. Because... I not mean to
1: dive into your personal
2: I world. will say, I think I'm one of the 25%, <laughs> which is why I haven't really considered alternative right. things because right. I did start taking Prozac a couple of years ago and it worked so well for me right. so immediately that I actually cried over the fact that I hadn't started it years ago. Wow. See,
0: that's I, the that kind of dosage I is I like.
2: perfect. And I, I haven't changed a thing. And it, yeah, I honestly you. think it just like, fixed me so fixed something in my brain i
0: had a psychiatrist that a very similar story about it where he had had suffered from clinical depression he said that every day was like walking through mud as he was trying to do his clinical work and then he started taking prozac now a guy that i used to work with at a radio station he was the kind of guy who was a nazi but he didn't know it does that make sense where he had all the nazi ideologies in his brain but he didn't actually if if you said hey tom i think you're a nazi he would say no i'm not a nazi but then he would say awful Nazi things. Does that make sense? Sure. So it's yeah. it's kind of I, I, the only thing I can equate it to is if someone's like, man, I really like guitars and like bass and drums and really loud yeah. and like kind of like a two four beat. And oh, you're like, a rocker? No, no, not at all. I, I don't. Hate like, I hate rock music. I can't stand it. I don't want anything to do with it. I like S T P can't listen to it. <laughs> can't listen to any of that garbage. But like, I really like like loud distorted guitars. <laughs> And like really driving bass and that two four beat, you know what yeah, I'm talking about.
1: Metalhead, nah, I
0: hate it. You <laughs> can't stand it. I can't. There's nothing I like w- worse than than that. But, <laughs> so, it, so but but this is what he would do. Okay. Is that is that he had this show where people would call in and they would talk to. He had no medical background whatsoever, Ugh. but he was always railing against Big Pharma, always. Okay. Because But what one of the things he would do is he anybody would try to challenge him on it, and they would call him it, and they would say, "I started taking." this anti-seizure medication, this antidepressant, this thing r- that changed my whole life or whatever. Or my kid was nonverbal autist, right. uh, autism, and so I started taking this uh, this medication. He would always say, he would always go, that's a chemical straitjacket that the Big Pharma, we all know who controls Big Pharma. We all know it's a chemical straitjacket that you're putting in. And the sad part about it is, is he's in one of the most popular shows simply because he followed that line for people and was yeah. constantly condemning medical intervention of any kind other than you got to drink a lot of apple cider vinegar to get the parasites out of your skin true story that's what he told a lady to do when she said that she was seeing things so point being uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that that you you can b- go too extreme in either direction. Sure, I know a lot of hippy dippy wooks out there who think that <laughs> who think that all you have to do is take mushrooms every day all day long and it'll straighten you right out. Get right well, with Jesus.
1: I like the story the stories in Vox that psychedelics are outperforming expectations. Yes, they are dealing with trauma. Yes, they and are. And I think Laura, you said in the pre-show that um, we've kind of turned a corner in how we view psychedelics. It's it's it's. I think now in society, if I'm paraphrasing you mm-hmm. correctly. Psychedelics seem to be in our society's level of acceptance where marijuana was twenty years ago. Yeah, It's people are starting to open their open the door, open their minds to possible alternatives. Like maybe to big we can use this
2: medically, right? You know, right. maybe that this is not like a terrifying it's, thing. Cause
1: I, I've got no medical training either, but I also think that pharmaceuticals have way too much influence in our lives. And too, I mean, you look at the TV well, people commercials. People default
0: to pharmaceuticals really fast as, as the villain, you mean, or or as a treatment? As the
1: treatment, yeah. So ask your doctor. We'll find a reason to give you this. I'll
0: give you another example. There was this samurai sword-wielding man. He was arrested uh, at a Walmart. I think this is in Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, Washington, yeah. yeah. So he's 43 years old. He was walking in traffic with a sword at 5.30 in the afternoon. There's no amount of mushrooms on the planet that's going to help that guy. No. (laughs) So he goes into the Walmart, and he starts screaming and threatening to hurt people. Uh, You know, he was arrested for felony harassment. There's certain degrees of mental illness that is just not – I think that's what happened to that guy at the gorge – I think yeah that's every time you hear one of these horror stories about someone who's taking that kind of a drug the thing that concerns me though about this story that I was thinking about spike you're you're a big you're a big gun control guy I am but when you see a story like this you're not a big samurai sword control guy no I'm not why <sighs>
1: Because I, I, well, it's it's the amount of damage that can be inflicted. Okay, okay in immediate I, basis. Do you
0: remember that story about that guy in Japan who walked through that mall in Japan with steak knives? Do you know how many people he killed? Uh,
1: I'm sure there's, other, I'm sure there's a hammer guy out there too. You could point that's, to. That's my point, my yeah, dude. Is I that
0: I, what I'm saying is, Spike? I'm not coming down on you, but what I'm saying is, is that if you want to start the very first anti samurai sword legislation campaign, I'm right here with you, my friend. Okay. I'm right here with you because samurai swords are giga cringe and we need to take them out of the hands of dangerous people.
1: Samurai swords don't kill people. They only only belong
0: in dojos and Quentin Tarantino movies. (laughs) Those are the only two places that you should have them. So I'm thinking that we need a full national ban on all samurai swords because it's a dangerous weapon. I mean, you yeah. think about the amount of lives you could take. I've seen Kill Bill parts one and two. Yeah. You can kill 88 people yeah. Yeah. with just one samurai sword. Did you know right. that? It does, does a lot of damage. <laughs> and that scene is only 20 <laughs> minutes long. Think about it. A samurai sword gives you the ability to fly into the air... And then uh, decapitate a, a 17-year-old girl who's got a ball on a chain that she swings at your head.
1: With spikes on the ball. This is yeah. something
0: that we need to deal with immediately. <laughs> and I am, I am, uh, quite frankly, embarrassed, Spike, that you're not on the same level of outrage Help. that I am with the a samu- the samurai. The swords are
1: outlawed, only outlaws will have swords. Exactly, Exactly.
2: Leave- and then what will anyone do for home defense?
0: Right. <laughs> right. Think about this, Next man. I so you know
1: you're down in the basement of the, the pawn shop with Zed. And That's what I'm saying. What
0: did, what did Butch? What is the one thing that he went for? Right, right. To defend his Not life. The chainsaw. Not the chainsaw. Not the hammer. Not the bat. Nope, nope, nope. Samurai sword. Yep. I'm gonna call Insley. Andrew, get Insley on the phone. He's expecting a call Call the from big me. and
1: extra tall men's shop. He's there this time of day. Tell and
0: him I I want to uh, have him draft up some anti-samurai sword legislation. I'll get Newsom on the horn as well. We want so. to go
1: to the heart of this problem, <laughs> which is the greed and avarice of these oil companies who are There's still not sword telling companies. us the truth.
0: Yeah. The that, that oil companies are lying to us about samurai What swords. a
1: bunch of hogwash.
0: <laughs> I know. Thank you, Governor. Thank you, Inslee. Appreciate you, sir, for calling in. You right said he
2: never called in. <laughs>
0: We got him on speed dial. We now. got him on speed dial. <laughs> when we get back, there is... A, Spike and I were talking extensively about too much screen time because I quit Twitter. I took Twitter yeah. off my phone you're yesterday. you still off? Or, yeah, I'm still off. Great. I took it off on... I keep saying yesterday because I'm withdrawing from it. No, Time it's stands set.
1: still when you're not online. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But there's this thing in
0: the Seattle Times. where They're talking about five ways to confront kids' screen time. And Laura shall be helping us in determining whether this is cringe or base. Useful or not useful when we get back right after this.
2: Cringe.
1: Okay, we'll hang up together in three, okay? Three, One, up, two, three. three.
0: Or base. He,
1: he, he didn't hang up. Oh either. either. Oh my gosh, are so cute. Okay. Well,
0: cringe or base, where we try to determine whether or not something is... Cringe meaning or based meaning, ah, subscribe to our YouTube channel because we do digital exclusive content. And if you don't listen to the entirety of the show, we tend to post uh, the segments from the show that we like that are good, that are not cringe, at least in my opinion. Spike always picks cringe content he's always like let's do your 20 minute rant about donald trump and i go Ugh, cringe. Ugh, cringe, uh, cringe cringe yeah. so there is this con oh by the way it's the jack and spike show on youtube it's not the cairo radio youtube channel they have their own youtube channel where all the cool kids get to go yeah we have our own separate little tree house that's for members only no girls allowed laura sign on the door <laughs>
2: oh my god
0: <laughs> educators <laughs> educators have uh, compiled this list of how to keep your kids off of too much screen time. Now I am not a fan of these kinds of pieces because all too often what they do is it's generic advice that is basically useless because what you're dealing with if your kid is an addiction to a screen is not so much a, it's not like a, it's not a screen problem. It's a mom and dad problem, right? Cause you have failed to initiate a relationship with your child that where they want to spend more time with you than the screen. Bingo. So, Laura, would you mind running us through this list one at a time? There are five of them, and I will tell you, and then Spike will chime in with his bad take, whether it is cringe or page, The one who's raised children. <laughs> the one kidding. who's actually yeah. raised children.
1: Uh, I, I put the error in trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, so the first one is don't make it a power struggle.
0: Ooh, okay. So it, it there is no power struggle between you and your children because you are the parent, right? So... It, it When they say don't make it a power struggle, mm-hmm. a power struggle does not exist between the two of you. They rely on you for sustenance and shelter. You hold all the cards. Right. So you hold all the cards. Yep, yep, yep. So it's not really a power. Like, there's a really great book that's The Myth of the Unruly Teenager. I highly recommend said book. Or there's another book that was written by a friend of mine. Highly recommend it. It's called Healthy Family Connections by Neil Brown, okay. LCSW. Highly recommend both these pieces of literature because it shows that what kids are often experiencing is something called hostile dependence at that age, where they we're talking about 12, 13, 14, 15, Uh 16, 17, where they feel as if they are independent little beings Mm -hmm. and they lack the communication skills to express their desire for independence. And so parents uh, interpret that as obstinately defiant they interpret that as my kid doesn't listen to me Mm -hmm. but really what it is is that you you are in the belief or the myth that it's a power struggle when in actuality you are the adult who is in control of your emotions and you have the ability to discourse with your child when they're going i hate you mom then you have the ability to say i know that's not true and t- take it down hundred notches, right? So it this de-escalate. is this is
1: cringe. Okay, this is cringe. Uh, so we called it Raptor Syndrome in my house, where they <laughs> would be testing defenses for weak points. Yes, exactly. Right, like so, in a Jurassic Park yeah, classic.
0: Yeah. Um, and know, then you're looking at the truly unpleasant Mrs. O'Neill going shoot
1: shootah Shoot It was just a, it was a, it was a beanbag gun. For yeah, of exactly. People. Um, but they said that in this, I like to don't make it a power struggle. Let's go to the next one
0: because we're uh, okay. going to run out of time. It's okay. an
2: adult oh. problem too, isn't oh, it? Oh, oh, amen. Yes. yeah.
0: based, based. I think if you got like I've said this before, this spike, but if, if I had kids, I'm putting my phone in a Faraday cage when I get home, and I'm those are my that's gonna be my focus. I think when mom and dad are you know doing everything and they're endlessly doom scrolling, it's uh, it's the old meme, right?
1: I learned it from watching you, Dad. Seriously,
0: all right. Uh, the oh, next one
1: I think is the smartest one
0: oh, on the yeah. whole list. This and is the, great. I
2: really need to do this. Don't let your kids or yourself sleep in the same room as the smartphone.
0: Ah, well, what if you are like me and the contractors who built your apartment? Didn't put up the retaining wall between the bedroom
1: and the living room.
0: Go <laughs> raise if, a family there. What if that's the case and you every room that you sleep in has your phone in it? What do you do then, Seattle Times? Well, th-
1: th- I guess this is a saying take your phone from their kid before they go to bed, right? That's essentially don't let them sleep in the same room as their phone. Yeah, yeah. their
2: phones go in this bucket. Phones, right. And then we get uh, them back when we wake up. In the up. morning,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like this thing that a friend of mine does. He's got a he's got a couple of kids that are he had kids real young. And okay. so his kids are now entering 15, 16, 17 years old. And what he does is they have no phone days where it's family only day where okay. they, uh, nobody has their phone except for mom might have one for emergencies or dad has it for emergencies, but none of the kids have it and they do family stuff together and the kids love it which is really interesting.
1: No, I'm not surprised they're by They're all that.
0: about it and they look for, it's almost like a weekly holiday that they all do together and sometimes it's on a weekend, sometimes it's on a Tuesday. They move it around, but it's the kids are all on board with it, but also cuz they're just good parents. Good, clean Christian parents who had kids when they were 18 years old. <laughs> well,
1: you so, know, you guys mentioned that, you know, you were shocked when you heard that we didn't all sit down as a family for dinner every yeah, night at shocking, my house. Shocking. Right. And and that's that's such a moment to no phones at the dinner table. Yeah. Okay. Conversation yeah. on a daily basis. I'll tell you. It guys, doesn't have to be over dinner, though. So
0: there's this thing. My grandfather was a workaholic. Right. And one of the things the only time we ever had together really was during dinner. And the thing that always broke my heart still to this day is he was such a workaholic that the phone would ring. We'd have dinner at like six thirty, seven o'clock, the phone would ring, and I would just watch him like an automaton push away from the dinner table, yeah. stand up, walk over to the phone, pick up the phone, hello, and then immediately go into his office because right. somebody from Abu Dhabi or whatever was right. calling him. Right. And I, always just thought, I was always like, you know, Owen, it might be a good idea if you like, I don't know, maybe not uh, be working yourself to death
1: over whatever, you know what I mean? I heard a family of, that my kid went to school with their kid, and it was – Phones were on the table, all face down. Whoever answered their phone or reached their phone did all the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that would kid would would avoid touching their phone. Yeah. The, so there's got to be consequences. Well, we used to, I mean, and so rewards, I, actually. I grew
2: up with a, a phone in the house, like a landline, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, old enough.
1: What? You're only twenty two. <laughs> we had to like hit the thing. Tut, 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 hey, connect me to the farm you know. operator. Okay. There, there used to be Hello?
2: like a a general consensus that like you wouldn't call other people during dinner time right. or after like eight o'clock at night.
0: Yes,
2: and we don't have that with texting. No, or calling.
0: Anymore. I texted John Curley the other day. You guys will not believe what time I texted him in the morning. I, I saw a random video and I said, John needs to see this. And I, this is, no, I would never call John at this hour, but texting, what time you think? 7.30? Close. Hi, John. Uh, Laura, what time did I text John Curley?
2: Oh, you said something close, like
0: eight, eight, nine. Ooh. 3.45. A- Andrew, what time did I text John Curley on Monday morning? Well, you're supposed to text him uh, between 10 and noon, I think, which is when he takes his generous medicine. Yes, his generous <laughs> medicine. That's very true. <laughs> I texted John Curley at 5.15 a.m. just to share a meme with him. Uh-huh. And you want to know the crazy thing about it? He responded.
1: Wow. <laughs> see, but that, you know, the thing about texting is it's there for at your leisure. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind texting people in off hours, you know, because <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to get or see it in off hours.
2: You're treating it like email. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Am I wrong?
1: Am I booming? You're booming. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. kind of booming. Yeah. Sorry. It's no.
0: If I get a text, that's an immediate response. Uh An immediate response. What was I gonna? There was another anecdote, amusing anecdote that I had about when I texted John at five fifteen in the morning. It doesn't matter. Oh, his generous pills. Nothing is better than talking to John Curley when he takes his generous pills. Because if you want to get some money out of John Curley, <laughs> it's t- t- ten she and takes noon. Takes generous
1: pills. Twelve to noon. It's so ten and noon. It's <laughs> when they
0: kick in. And Th- uh, there
1: were two things we never got to, which is uh first off uh or a Let, pos- let's drop it so I, want- sure? okay, oh, yeah, no, I just want to say helping out. people
0: okay this you're going to cram it into
1: 15 nope, seconds nope. and it's going to be useless it says kids come around eventually so don't give oh, up oh that's, that's all.
0: sweet okay. all right that's a good place to end 888-973-5476 no stupid questions we do this every day people often say why don't you talk about this story why don't you cover this now is the time to bring it to our attention to talk about it text us 888-973-5476
1: are no stupid questions There are only stupid answers
0: no stupid questions my favorite segment of the day when we get to talk to the people get to talk to the men and women children out there listening intently in front of their radios ma this guy's doing a voice he sounds just like marlon brando can you believe it i mean it's a really a, quite an impressive feat there Jennifer and Gig Harbor, very good question. We're going to do a little bit of political theory here. What is the difference between neoliberalism and leftism in general? Man, I love to use my college degree, Spike. I like this question. This makes me so happy. Good. So when people say leftist, they use it wrong about 99% of the time. Okay. Because a leftist is someone who believes fundamentally—go away, Mozart— The leftist is someone who fundamentally believes that uh, the workers own the means of production. That's what leftism is. By definition, Spike is giving me a skeptical look, which is giga cringe because your degree, my friend, is not in political theory, so you wouldn't know. Nope, it's not. Right. Leftism, by definition, is that workers own the means of production. Right-wing politics is about private property, private ownership shareholders, so on and so forth. It's a fundamental difference between the two. Culturally, this is why there's the horseshoe theory in politics. Does that make sense? Sure. Because what happens all too often is that you can get right-wing authoritarianism or left-wing authoritarianism, and they can both use those same basic fundamental principles of – the workers should own the means of production or private property and private ownership is sacrosanct to then move into the realm of authoritarianism. Does
1: that make sense? Sure. And since she's like a horseshoe, either way, it's going to kick you in the air. Either way,
0: it's going to kick you yeah. real hard. So uh, a neo, neoliberalism or what the, the Trump administration and basically what every administration has done since Reagan is this idea of um, – To put it as basically as I can. Thank you. (laughs) It's this idea that you can regulate markets or manipulate markets by incentivizing or decentivizing certain behavior within those markets. Think tariffs. Think we're not going to sell this anymore. You're not going to think
1: raising the interest rates on home loans so that we could cool down the economy. Exactly. Raising the interest rates, so on and
0: so forth neoliberalism is a bizarre distortion of classical liberalism, which is what you might have seen, which which conservatism falls under public schools, Mm -hmm. uh, a certain amount of a of a welfare state or redistribution. That's that's how
1: I view left. I don't view it to the extreme with which you described it accurately. I'll give you was accurate. I see the left as people who are more socially conscious. More. Well,
0: so conservatives believe in redistribution programs. They just believe in them coming from charity groups that are privately see – see And this having is a the government
1: no hand in that.
0: Uh, to a certain your lesser extent, right? Okay. So conservatism okay. still falls with under the classical liberal umbrella, which is that I pay taxes. I want roads. God. Yeah. I, 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 want, I want the
1: fire department to come I to my the house. I want the fire department, fire. right? Yes. So when Thank people you.
0: say – when conservatives are like, those libs, what they don't realize is that conservatism is a form of liberal democracy. What you want to be wary of is someone like Victor Orban, who says that we live in an illiberal democracy, which is, I want everything to be privatized, and I want the state to ensure that
1: that is the case. I've heard that name Orban before. What was I? He is a oh, fascist. Oh, he was, he was being praised from a, the post at a Trump rally. Yeah, Orban, is, Orban is a fascist. Yeah, that's right. And Trump said he was great. Right. So that's
0: the difference here. And so when people say to me, like, Jack, why are you so hard on Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump has lied to the American people that he's somehow different. And when he got into office which I wholeheartedly believed that he was going to do something different. He did everything exactly the same. He signed the NDAA all four years he was in office. Mm-hmm. That's the Everybody nas-
1: does. That's yeah. the
0: National Defense Authorization Act. That's that big old omnibus spending package that's just riddled with pork. More pork than a pig farmer in that bill. It is, it is a, a disaster for conservatism to have latched itself to Donald Trump who has borrowed more money than God has ever created in order to offset the cost of his tax breaks. If you don't believe me, you can Google it, and then you will be much more wiser as a result. Yeah, so, but
1: he tax breaks for the donor base, and he uh, stacked the Supreme Court. So mission accomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished. Big accomplished. Banner Are we going to talk about Toby Keith? We should. I, I mean, we it's should. sad. Yeah, 62 I mean, it, years of age. He died of
0: stomach cancer. Here. And thankfully, we have the music, right? And I think that's yes. one of the great things about Mr. Keith. You're here. here. Uh, I just don't, you know, the kind of thing is is like when you try to when you, it's too hard to encapsulate a life. It's simply too absolutely hard, absolutely true. Yeah. And so when you try to do that for people, in a, and especially on the day that they die, yeah. it's kind of a disservice. Where if if anybody, if you're a fan of Mr. Keith. Go listen to a couple records, think yep. about the good old days. Yep. And then you, uh, you know, I was listening to Sublime the other day just because okay. I was reminded of Bradley from Sublime. Right. And so I went right. back listening listened to a couple of Sublime records. That's the best way to
1: honor somebody. That's my thought. Through their gift of music. Uh,
0: no stupid question. Who gives better gifts, G. Scott or John Curley? G. Scott brings in food for people, which is a huge plus there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John Curley graces us with his presence about yeah. once every. 30 days, I think? Well, he's, It's
1: getting more frequently. He's like he's a cicadia. In, yeah. He
0: shows up every 17 years, makes a ton of noise, <laughs> and then he leaves, right? That's what John's like, right?
1: But if you call between 10 and 12, he'll pay off your credit card debt. <laughs> yes, yes, he will. he his generous He's really very
0: generous. Completely clear your mind. Uh, but G. Scott brings hamburgers and, and the like and chicken and so on and yeah, so forth. He's, so. He was raised
1: by good people. Right. As was John. As was John.
0: John, uh, they both bring their own gifts in their own special way.
1: I noticed you skipped this one question. Hmm. How do I sign up for the random text from Jack at 5.45 in the morning?
0: I don't text people at 5.45 a.m. Oh, it's, just
1: your friend John?
0: It's John was 5.15 a.m. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> okay. So there, that was a stupid question. <laughs>
0: uh, 206 says, that, please tell us who would be more sound than Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Surely not Kamala Harris. Yeah, I mean it's it's a basket of bad right now, but I it is, I don't really is. I don't like uh, uh, former President Donald Trump. I don't like his policies, and I, I just I, there's no way I could endorse the man. It's just it's not it is beyond me. And if I did, I would be lying to myself for uh, bad reasons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's I just no you. way. There's you. just no way. So. <laughs> My, my Trump allergy acting up right there. My TDS as I cough my <laughs> way through that. When we get back, speaking to Mr. Curley, by the way, going to be talking about former President Donald Trump being ruled not immune from prosecution in his 2020 election interference case. Israeli soldiers, they released a video of themselves dancing among the uh, the destruction of Gaza. Horrible. Bad look, but also I under I get it. I get it and we'll talk about it and tucker carlson spends his time going to russia probably going to interview vladimir putin nothing like making friends with a fascist that's what i always say we'll take a really quick break we'll be right back right after this